It is time for the NFL playoffs, and that means betting on the playoffs, which can always be very, very interesting. Anything in the postseason just seems to be really interesting when it comes to betting. And joining us right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline, it is Matt Kiwit from the Montana Standard. Matt, I hope you're doing well, bud. I am doing well. I hope you're, uh, hope you're also doing well on this Friday. Well, Matt, I got to say, man, I'm excited. I'm a little nervous because my Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in the playoffs. I haven't felt like this in about 13 years, but uh, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm happy. My team's in the playoffs. Yeah, they, they got a chance. All you got to do is get there, and then uh, any, anything can happen, as they say. Yeah, absolutely. And you talked about that in your column, Matt. So let's talk about that. As obviously the postseasons, you, you mentioned in your column, like, like March Madness, the NFL playoffs are pretty exciting. But anything can really happen in the NFL playoffs. So how do you advise people to try and deal with the unexpected? Playoffs, they have all these great moments. Uh, they're very famous. And what do they have all in common? You know, nobody expected it to happen. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, either, you know, a team was written off or dead or a play at the very end of the game. And so if you're if you're betting and you're on the right side of this, it can obviously be very exhilarating. But if you're on the wrong side, it can it can be very frustrating. It can lead to some pretty bad habits. Say you're you're winning a bet and then on the very last play of the game, you know, somebody gets a fluke touchdown or they, they hit a long pass down the field and the other team kicks the field goal to win it. And then you talk yourself into it, you're like, man, I was, I was on the right side, you know. Too bad I lost that, but I need, I need to get it back on the next game. And then, you know, it kind of snowballs. It can it can snowball rather qu- quickly with uh, with all these, you know, random but epic events happening. And so if, if you're too overexposed to trying to win everything back, it can really take away from the enjoyment of, of everything, which is kind of the opposite of what we want to do here, right? dive right into that one the Indianapolis Colts at the Buffalo Bills they are going to have some people in the stadium for the home first home playoff game in Buffalo since the 1990s what do you think about this game well so first like you mentioned we'll have Bills Mafia at the game so we'll get some good content pre-game and post-game <laughs> regardless maybe Phil Rivers mic'd up and I think this is this the Nickelodeon game no no it is not I think that's the Bears Saints game Oh, okay, never mind. Well, Bill's Mafia and Phil and Philip Rivers potentially mic'd up. Uh, that's enough for me. But as as for betting the game, you know, obviously the Bills probably playing the best ball in the entire NFL. I don't I don't think anybody would argue with that. And then the Colts are kind of a head scratcher, right? Mm-hmm. They got losses to Jacksonville Week One. I don't really know what happened there. They got blown out by Tennessee after they blew out Tennessee, but I think each of those games, the the final score was kind of lopsided. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle. And then they got losses to Cleveland, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. Uh, They all have one thing in common other than those teams being in the AFC North. Those defense are able to pressure Phillip Rivers and and make him play much faster than, than he wanted to. And so because of that, I feel like the Bills will sort of fall in line and, and do and try to do exactly, you know, what Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland did. Buffalo does blitz 35.8% of the time. This is according to pro football reference. And that's eighth most in the NFL. However, they only hurry opposing quarterbacks a little less than 8% of the time, which is 27th in the league. And the pressure percentage, which is hurries plus knockdowns plus sacks divided by dropbacks, is 
21% of the time, which is the 23rd in the NFL. And so there is a pretty good chance that Phil Rivers is going to have a nice clean pocket to get rid of the ball on time. And when he's cooking and not turning the ball over, and then that running game gets going, it's pretty hard to stop. So, you know, as well as Buffalo has been playing, and they've been playing really well and expecting to keep doing so, it's going to be tough to cover an entire touchdown if the opposing team is, is going to be moving the ball effectively, especially on the ground. So I, I do like the Colts plus six and a half here. And if you wait till kickoff, I'm guessing a lot the Bills will be a very public team, and I wonder if you can't get plus seven or plus seven and a half. Matt, looking at another game here is the Rams and the Seahawks, a rematch of a game just a couple of weeks ago. And I thought this was interesting that the Rams are favored plus three and a half at this point. And so uh, at that point, too, do you feel like this is just a pick game because of that margin? Yeah, I mean, so if, if Goff plays and he's healthy, I think this is a, this is a pick game. Obviously, he'll be a little compromised. So if, if Goff plays, I think the line likely closes at Rams plus two, Rams, uh, Seahawks minus two, Seahawks minus one, or Rams plus two, Rams plus one, whichever way you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. And and so at the current number, or at the time I published yesterday, I actually don't have sports bet open at, at this time because I'm on the phone with you. Um, and so, you know, the, the Rams are three and a half point underdogs. And I think that's a bit of a free roll because if, if John Wolford plays, um, you know, and he, and he plays turnover free and gives the defense a chance to you know, shut Seattle down like it's done all season, then Rams getting a field goal and a hook is probably right around correct. You know, it's probably a 50-50 shot, the Seahawks cover, the Rams cover. But then if, if Goff comes back, I think you're getting another couple points in value there and as the line closes at two or one. Um, and so, you know, if you like the Rams, which I do – you know, you bet them now, and so you get that big juicy number at outside of the field goal. But if you like the Seahawks, you definitely want to wait till kickoff to see who's who's starting because maybe you want to fade them if it if it turns out in fact Wolford is playing them, and then if if golf plays, you'll get a better number betting Seattle at closer to kickoff. Right now, we're with Matt Kiwit from the Montana Standard as we are talking Montana sports betting. We'll continue with our NFL playoff previews next. You're on the Knock On Sports. Think about where you were one year ago today. What were you planning for? Whether or not you planned for a new challenge, you got it. And most importantly, you succeeded. Cooking at home, learning at home, and banking at home. At Whitefish Credit Union, we understand you've been through a lot. And as you move through the year, just know we'll be right there at your side. This year, next year, and always. Whitefish Credit Union. Subject to membership eligibility. We're talking Montana sports betting for the NFL playoffs with Matt Kiwi from the Montana Standard as he joins us on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline. Matt, you hit me up on social media with some thoughts on this game earlier this week, and I definitely had my fingers in my ears and just uh, going, no, 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 I don't want to hear this because you've got some interesting stats, and this is why I'm worried about this game. Tampa Bay at Washington. It's a good defense with the Washington football team taking on the Bucks. I mean, and the, and the line agrees. It's obviously un, un, unlikely that Washington wins, right? I mean, they they have a lot of trouble scoring. Tampa, even if their offense isn't playing that well, uh, throw the New Orleans, the second New Orleans game out. They can they can score some points, right? Mm-hmm. And so, however, in terms of covering nine, which is 
what the line was and I published yesterday, I do worry about them covering that number just because they, they haven't really beat an elite defense this year. You know, the New Orleans losses, New Orleans, this, and these numbers are according to football outside of DVLA. My favorite, you know, defensive metric, and there's, there's others out there, and these teams will be right around that number um, that I'm about to list. So you got New Orleans, that they have the number two defense. Week five, the Bears had number eight defense. Week 11 lost to the Rams. Rams is number four defense. You can probably throw out week 12 with Mahomes and Tyree Kill. I think that was a poor defensive game plan by the Bucks, And so there's not a lot of the offense could do to keep up with that. Um, the best defense Tampa's beaten this year is Denver's number 13 defense in Denver, which is pretty good, right? But Jeff Driscoll was at QB. So not the offense wasn't able to really sustain a lot of drives. And, and they I mean, and that is the path to victory here for the Bucks, right? The the uh, Washington quarterback situation is probably a little subpar compared to most of the NFL. Mm-hmm. And so, if if the Bucks can, you know, get a lot of three and outs from the uh, Washington offense, event in the defense and that Washington defense, you know, that, which is predicated on the pass rush, aka the the biggest guys on the um, in, in that position in that in that unit. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll get tired eventually trying to, you know, pin their ears back and sack Tom Brady. And so the game wears on if if Alex Smith doesn't sustain drives. You know, the Bucks have an excellent chance to, you know, especially pour it on late. Uh, I, I do, I do feel like the Bucks corners kind of play into Alex Smith's strengths a little bit, which is they'll they'll allow some underneath throws. And you know, who 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 likes? underneath throws more than Alex Smith. I, I maybe Brady. <laughs> Brady with New England New England that is. Mm-hmm. Not, not this version of, of T B twelve. And so, you know, I feel like Washington's ability to defend and play ball control will make it difficult to cover nine points. And so uh I'm on the football team plus nine. Fair enough, fair enough. I, the, the biggest key for me, and I will say this, and it was an interesting stat that I saw, when Tom Brady scores 20 or more points, he has won pretty much almost all of his playoff games. And when he's been under 20, I think it's almost a sub-500 record. So my big key on Saturday night as I'm watching this game is the Bucks need to score more than 20 points. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, I feel like if they score 21, 24 points, does Smith get there? I mean, maybe, he gets, maybe he gets to 17, but his defense gets a, a turnover deep in Bucks territory, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, especially with McLaurin compromised, I don't know how healthy he will be. He sucked it up for the last game um, in that must-win game against Philly, but he did not look a hundred percent. So I'd be surprised if he got all the way, you know, fully healthy before this game. Matt, looking at the, the Sunday games, first one on deck is the Saints hosting the Chicago Bears. Bears put up a much better fight against Green Bay than they did the first time around. Obviously a tall order against the Saints, but at the same time, and this is also more of just because I don't like the Saints, I'm hoping that Chicago can be an upset. Do you see it that way? I just don't know. They're missing. It looks like Roquan Smith is going to be out, and another guy in the secondary was his name, Jalen. Jalen Johnson, mm-hmm. his name is two J's. <laughs> and then the Saints get Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara back. You know, for for a side, I lean Saint in the column I said Saints I don't love that. I was pretty clear that I didn't I wasn't in love with that. You know, what what you can do 
if you like the Bears as an underdog, a, a way to hedge that. I mean, a good bet either way, actually, I think would be Alvin Kamara over over props, so over rush yards, over receiving yards. Because if you go back and look at his season, I feel like his season averages were severely weighed down by the Taysom Hill game. Because mm-hmm. when Drew Brees is in the lineup, he just gets as many yards as he wants to get, basically. And then when Taysom Hill was in the lineup, they were running a completely different offense. So his numbers will probably be juiced a little bit, but his averages are still slightly skewed too, but too low to where I think there is value uh, betting his overs now that Drew Brees you know, is back in the lineup. Matt, taking a look at the Sunday night game is Pittsburgh versus Cleveland. Obviously a lot going on here with uh, Kevin Stefanski out uh, with COVID. What do you think about this game? Yeah, like you said, Brown's missing the head coach. How much does it mean? I was listening to Chris Long talk. He was saying it po- it'll probably mean more as the game goes on because the first quarter will be mostly scripted. And so I don't have much on the side here. You know, the line moved from three and a half to six. I wonder if it'll get all the way up to seven in favor of the Steelers by kickoff. And so I like the over here because we got two kind of sneaky, terrible defenses. <laughs> and, and maybe <laughs> Pittsburgh isn't terrible, but they're trending in the wrong direction for sure. I mean, because you got Cleveland, and I think maybe the secret's starting to get out on their defense because they let up a lot of points the last few weeks. But they played those games during the middle of the season where it was like the most epic winter storm coming off of Lake Erie, and nobody could do anything with the football. And so they're, you know, the points averages for them and their opponent got weighed down so heavily um, their, 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 their projected totals in the coming weeks were way too low. And I think that's still the case here, especially because they're going up against Pittsburgh, who by many metrics have the best defense in the NFL. But that's really just because of how good they were during the first two thirds of the season. Ever since, you know, that Devin Bush, he went down with an ACL. They were able to get by you know, with T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree still being able to get after the passer, you know, after after he went down. Then Dupree went down with an ACL, and, you know, that, that defense is, you know, T.J. Watt's still playing at a high level, but that defense has not been the same since. So I think you got two under-the-radar subpar defenses here, and the total, we could have a nice high-scoring game here to finish the weekend. So I, I like the total to go over 47. Right now, we are with Matt Kiwi from the Montana Standard as we are talking Montana sports betting. Matt, what is your best bet for the Super Wild Card Weekend? So, best bet game of the weekend. Uh, I like uh, the Ravens. They're at Tennessee. So, obviously, this version of the Titans has had the Ravens number the last two times. They, excuse me, they took care of the Ravens in the playoffs last year. Everybody remembers that. Then they took care of the Ravens in overtime this year. And so I could be just dead wrong here, and maybe Tennessee just has their number and variable is just in their head. But I'm going to argue that Baltimore is playing fundamentally different than they have been, and, and that's where we're going to find our edge. So before Lamar, had to miss week 12 after testing positive for COVID-19, he was averaging 27.6 pass attempts per game. And the Ravens had a six and four record over that span of games. And people were wondering, are they going to make the playoffs? Like, what's going to happen here? Is Lamar a one, uh, a one year wonder? Blah, 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 blah. 
Then weeks 13 to 17, Baltimore won and covered each game easily. And it got back to basically what led to success last season, mm-hmm. just running the ball. Lamar averaged only 20 pass attempts per game over that final span of the season. And so I know the argument is, well, they didn't play anybody. All the teams they played are terrible. Well, <laughs> Tennessee's defense is 29th in the NFL. Each team that Baltimore defeated in its final five games, except for the Jaguars, has a better defense than the Titans. So obviously, you know, Lamar's not the most efficient passer. So like, why, why did Harbaugh call his pa- passes early in the season? Like, is he obviously he's not dumb. He's been a, a head coach for a, a long, long time. Uh, I think he wanted to get Lamar some, you know, game reps throwing the football in case he did have to mount a comeback in a playoff game, which could be the case since they are in the playoffs. And so obviously still not the greatest passer, but he does have more passing reps practice seeing the field than he did last year when they were just running the ball down everyone's throats every single game. And so that element, while it's not probably where you want to, like it's probably not at Mahomes level, obviously, but it's better. And they can still run the ball just as effectively now that Mark Ingram is back from that high ankle sprain. J.K. Dobbins is playing at a high level. They have that three-headed monster. If you include, you know, Gus Edwards, I guess Lamar would make it four. And so, you know, all these factors working together. I like the Ravens minus three and a half here, and probably the biggest game of the weekend. So. I would certainly agree with that. I mean, that, that game's going to be, that's the one I definitely have circled. I can't wait to watch uh, on Sunday. Uh, Matt, obviously the college football national title game will be on Monday as well. Real quick, you've got a line prop bet, something that you'll like out of that game uh, to possibly put down. I like Ohio State and uh, plus eight. And it's just because of how I've been watching the money react to news. You know, line came out eight. It got bet down immediately to six and a half. And then the COVID news for Ohio State combined with the fact that um, Jalen Waddle could re- return for Alabama, pushed the line back up to eight. And so basically it's more of a disagreement with the move back to eight. I think Ohio State's going to have all their key players back. They might even have another defensive lineman back who missed last game due to COVID protocols. So they might be missing a few guys that don't play a lot, but they'll also be getting some some key guys back. And so obviously, um, Howard Justin Fields ribs. Well, <laughs> I'm sure they're less broken than they were last game. And, and he did just fine. So, and, and am I supposed to believe that, you know, Jalen Waddle is going to come in and, and, and light the world on fire if he hasn't played football in, I don't know how many weeks. So Alabama, you know, could, I could easily listen to an argument to bet them. Obviously, mm-hmm. they historically good um, but I just disagree with the line move from six six and a half back up to eight so that's why I'm betting Ohio State fair enough fair enough Matt Kiwit from the Montana Standard Matt if they want to follow your work how can they do that I'm at mtstandard.com and 406mtsports.com and then on Twitter at Matt M-A-T-T K-I-E-W-I-E-T 406 and my dog makes an appearance, uh, making picks every once in a while. <laughs> Love it. Family affair. Matt, thanks for joining us, man. Really appreciate the time. As always, look forward to chatting with you next week. Looking forward to the next week and this weekend. Thanks for having me.